0: that. Well, a few months back, someone by the name of Brian Young approached me with the idea of writing some music to the podcast. He politely pointed out that for a podcast that has to do with the music industry, I had very little music on the show. I thought that was a fair point. I thought about updating the music and adding a few things myself, but I have so little time for that. Brian offered to put together some new music for me to use in the show, and I decided to take him up on it. So what you just heard is one of Brian's tracks and towards the end of the episode you will also be hearing a couple more themes he put together for me. Be sure to let us know what you think of the new tunes in the show notes. With that let's jump into today's interview. Today I'm chatting with Grammy-nominated hip-hop and R&B producer Richard Younglord Farson. How are you today Rich?
1: Man I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. That's awesome.
0: Yeah and today we're gonna be talking about monetizing the entire process of being an artist. And immediately I feel the weight of that because I talk to so many artists who come to me and say, I want to be able to make more money or how do I make money? Is it possible to make money with art these days? And yet they're not really willing to look outside the traditional model of selling music and performing music.
1: And I, I
0: see so many opportunities outside of that. Is that something you often come across as well?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's so important to be able to monetize your, your, your music, your creativity, <laughs> because if you don't, like, uh, eventually you're going to burn out if you have nothing to replenish, you know, the passion with, you know, and you have to worry about, you know, keeping warm and <laughs> keeping your cell phone on and stuff like that. You know, it's when, it, when you start thinking about how to, you know, maintain those things, it's very difficult to um be able to focus and and execute uh so you definitely need to you know build those you know those uh consistent ideas and, and processes into your development you know at any stage you know so you can you know continue to fund what you're gonna do unless you have a rich uncle you know which very <laughs> few people do you
0: know? yeah it makes sense like if you're depending on music to help you put a roof over your head and to feed yourself, then naturally you want to be able to monetize the thing and be able to derive a living from it. I think a lot of musicians still have a day job of some sort um, Mm -hmm. and those people who are aspiring to, to do that. So at least they have something to fall back on. But I, I also know people that sometimes decide to just jump right in and say, you know, forget the job. I'm just going to be an artist and, you know, the, where the chips fall where they may, <laughs> but
1: yeah, and that—that's uh, you know, I've seen a lot of people do that too, but it, it's, um, you know, whoo, you're rolling the dice, you're rolling the dice. <laughs> now, time. me, I, I was pretty um, fortunate because I I was able to start in the music business uh, very young. So I still had like uh, my parents taking care of my overhead when, at the at the beginning in the, the early years when I wasn't making any money. But after, you know, you start making money and, and, and you get used to it and, and my, um, you know, ideas you know i wanted to do other things invest in other parts of the business with investing in artists and, and things of that nature you know i i saw just as a, a a businessman you know you have to build something in it to keep making money or else that would have killed me you know it just took all my money i was making for production and stuff you know so it's um it, it it's it, it's i mean music to me is like um it's almost like gambling at the highest level, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, because when you win, you know, you win big, you, you really do so this, you know, but if you lose, then, uh, you, um, you can lose everything, you know? Mm.
0: And it, it is good to have buy-in from your family if, and when possible. Um, when I think about what I've put my mom through, my dad passed away when I was younger, but uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure she was scared at times because I've often chosen the path towards self-employment or entrepreneurship or some kind of artistic and creative thing, especially music, because I love music and I love making music. Mm-hmm. I- I'm sure she was scared at times to see me follow that path, knowing that you know the, the chance or the odds of success aren't great. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yeah. My, um, it's funny when I decided that I wanted to do this, my parents, they weren't messing with me. I mean, like my, my dad, he is like the type where, you know, he wanted me to take piano lessons. I wouldn't go. He brought me a guitar, broke it. You know, I, I really <laughs> wasn't trying to uh, go through his guidelines on what he wanted me to do. So years later, when i decided this is what i wanted to do they were very hands-off so uh, but i'm actually appreciative of that because uh, it forced me to think of other other ways and um i actually uh sold raffle tickets to raise money to buy my first drum machine hmm. and uh you know that was just an experience within itself you know kind of like uh uh very old school crowdfunding
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah something i think you're speaking to there is the ability to problem solve which i think is one of the most critical things as an entrepreneur to be able to figure out a way where there appears to be no way or be able to look at alternatives that other people may not see
1: oh yeah problem solving in the music business is like uh that should be like a class within itself, you know, <laughs> because I don't know if anything is ever going to go as planned perfectly. Um, but you have to be able to uh, fight your way through it to get to the money.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, it's scary, you know, with some of these uh, kidding campaigns that I've done and I'm doing recently. You do outreach and then you get a percentage of responses. And that's even that's not guaranteed at times, connecting with so many people and, and sending out releases or samples or just, you know, the opportunity to be on a blog or a podcast. It's, it's, yeah, you don't know what's going to happen.
1: Right, right. So what do you do to to take care of those problems?
0: (laughs) I just kind of see it as a numbers game. So if I'm not hitting the mark with, you know, a few hundred, it's time to increase that number to a few thousand and see where we can go from there. Right, right, right. (laughs)
1: Yeah, and it is a numbers game. It is a numbers game. I um, one of the things I I try and do is um, keep on um, keep myself connected to uh, younger, you know, fresh uh, people that are just beginning their careers, and um, I do that by like I I teach, I do classes at Berkeley College of Music at Pace, um, different schools to try and just stay connected. And um, one of the uh, things I try and tell the students is, you know, to break in this business, you know, I, I always tell them to set a target, you know, somebody who can you know who they feel can help them with the next step of their career and you got to reach out to them and you got to prepare you got to prepare and be prepared when you meet them to you know be a value you know you have to and then sometimes it doesn't work and you just got to keep doing it it's a numbers game there's so many people out here (laughs) you know so it's it's a numbers game and and with my story it's just it's the same way you know like uh i started my career at uh bad boy entertainment Mm. and um i got with them is um one day i was at school and and these girls were talking about uh, craig mack and puff daddy and these were cute girls so i said oh man i I think i need to get down with these guys and uh (laughs) i called information and uh you know called at that time there was receptionist and i said look you know I'm 16. I make the best tracks in the world. You know, it's like who do I need to talk to? You know, you guys need to work with me right now.
0: <laughs>
1: and uh, this is when they first opened. So I, I guess she didn't know she wasn't supposed to give out any names, but she gave me a name, Harf Pierre, and who eventually became the president of Bad Boy. So I kept calling him, and then um, I had one more quarter left, and I called my brother and. I had him call, (laughs) and by the time I got home from school, I had a meeting there the next day. But what's like uh, great about that story is not the fact that I made it through, is that they weren't the first people I I called, you know, I I called uh, Dallas Austin's DARP, I I called up uh this company uh like a few other companies you know they weren't the first one so it's like if if i would have stopped because the other ones didn't work then you know it just i just would never made it anywhere you know it's uh you just got to keep going and what i tell my students is that um you got to look at them as the, the lucky person you know so, uh, for example, Bad Boy was lucky to, to work with me. Hey, and they were. I'm, i you know, we made a lot of money together. You know, so they they won with the situation. And uh, let's take Darp for example. Um, I was supposed to meet with a guy named Kevin Wells with, at Darp, and uh, when I got there, he left early. He didn't even have the respect to to have the meeting with me. <laughs> but, but a year later you know he was managing a group 112 that was signed a bad boy and i was producing them and i met him and i said hey do you remember me he said no do we meet and i said no because you left before the meeting you know? <laughs> so i was able to kind of like you know a remind him and i tell all my guys i said look you know if they don't you know if it doesn't go your way and and they don't act right then It's a beautiful thing because you're going to be able to remind them of that later on when you succeed, you know. Hmm. So I think uh, I want everybody to go with that kind of attitude, you know.
0: Do you find uh, reaching out in that way to be somewhat nerve-wracking? Because I know I've made sent emails or made phone calls to those people, and then it's not until I get a yes that suddenly the weight of it all comes crashing down on I me, and I'm going, I was excited till now, and suddenly it's like, oh no, what am I gonna do? <laughs> what
1: are you gonna do? You <laughs> <laughs> well, see, that's the thing. You you know, you have to prepare for it. You know, yeah. you do it with the expectation of, and and um what you're going to do and also when you think of it in terms of how you said it before with it being a numbers game it totally takes the weight off because it's not There's not just one person it's not just one company it's not just one way to succeed in this thing and um you never know where it's going to come from but you got to be in it to win it so you just keep on plugging through and, uh, I, I, man, I still cold call people. I, I you know, <laughs> it's no problem.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, that's totally the way I see it. And I think your chances of getting blacklisted, you might make a few mistakes along the way, but you're probably not going to be blacklisted just for reaching out.
1: No. And even if you listen, people don't have time to blacklist you. You know, it's not like there's a website. They can just put your name. <laughs> You know, like, oh. but they, they're going to, you know, I guess forget about you. But what remixes all of that is success, you know, and, um, you know, once you succeed, you know, somewhere else, they're going to um, they're going to forget they ever met you and they're going to, you know, they're going to have amnesia for real, you know, <laughs> Anyway, you called my office? No, 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 no. And it happens time and time and time again. You know, shoot, it happened a few times to me, you know? Yeah. And that
0: speaks to persistence as well, which I think is often overlooked. It sounds simple enough. Keep going. Keep doing it. Keep trying. Keep going through the numbers. And yet, you know, when it comes down to the practicalities of it, some people do just give up.
1: Yeah, and that that's a, a sad thing, you know, this giving up yeah nah, this this music thing is uh it's not for the weak of heart
0: no. <laughs>
1: as it turns out it
0: isn't and i've had to build a thicker skin and become more resilient over the years but i'm glad i stuck with that process
1: yeah and one thing too i i, I try and tell the a lot of the artists i work with is that um you know this thing is a mental thing, you know, more than anything. You really have to brainwash yourself. Mm-hmm. You can't see reality as it is. Like, let's say, you know, you're just a beginning artist. You don't have the resources. You don't have the hits. You don't have this. You know, you really have to, uh, you know, create in your mind. You have to see it totally different. You really have to. Or else these knows you're going to get a million of them will crush you i mean they will crush you you'll start like maybe i don't have it maybe i don't Nah. but you really have to uh brainwash yourself to uh know that it's there and that you know you don't know how it's gonna come but it's it's gonna come some way that's like so important
0: that's huge
1: i love that so what
0: are some monetization streams you often find artists missing out on
1: Well, artists at the at the beginning, you know, you know, say, you know, they have some good music and everybody has a tribe, you know, even it may be five people in that tribe, you know, but everybody has a tribe, you know, so you have to kind of super serve that tribe and and get them to help you move to the next level. And, and by financing those moves to the next level, you know. So um, some of the things that they can do is, like, uh, I would say, um, take advantage of, like, uh, the super phone. Have you ever heard of super phone? I haven't. Well, super phone – is a uh, product by Ryan Leslie. You familiar with who he is? I'm not. All right. Ryan Leslie is a uh, he's an artist. He was signed to Universal Records. Um, producer. Uh, he wrote a gazillion songs. He, he's actually a phenomenal songwriter. Uh, but he became a very tech music business guy, and Also, he's also an alumni of of my, my team, you know, one of the people that I helped bring into this business. You know, he's one of my guys. So he created this platform where you can have your fans pretty much call you and you can get their information directly. They can purchase everything from you. They can purchase the tickets. They can purchase the um the music from you and add it to uh, you know the streaming services they can uh have direct communication with you so you can really upsell them to you know many different things whether it's merchandising or personal meet and greets and stuff like that and um i think that that is a dope thing to do it's really important you know because like when somebody buys your song off of itunes you know, you see that sell there, but you don't know who it was that brought it. <laughs> you know, you just don't have the information. Uh, you get your uh, responses of, I mean, your like statements of on Spotify. You had a million play, plays. You get some money, but who, who, who? Where's where? How did it happen? You know. So this gives you an opportunity to kind of connect more uh, with them. You know, so you can see where they are, so you can set up shows and and kind of um, set up opportunities to to make money over there. Hmm. And you can you know get them to buy other things uh, other than the actual music. and you know you can also do some crowdfunding things if you want to do that, too.
0: What came to mind for me was uh, episode 61 of the podcast with Eddie Mian of Wonderful Union. had the chance to chat with him about fan engagement. He was talking about after parties and membership sites and meet and greets and stuff like that. So I think that's partly what you're talking about is sort of catering to your fans in that way. And then episode 89 with uh, Brian Perlucci of Evo Band Apps, that's a premium but powerful tool for connecting with your fans through mobile devices so those are some ways in which I could definitely see that playing out
1: yeah and that's like a I feel like for up and coming artists right now that's that's mandatory you know Mm. that's that's mandatory and then uh, another thing I suggest is um, doing music specifically to get brands involved and and, uh, you know licensing placements Right. you know right now uh, one of my main businesses is a company. I'm a partner in a company called License to Rock. And what we do is we place music on TV shows, films, and commercials. And it is a heavy volume business. I mean, people need music every day. And, you know, right now, because there's like, uh, uh, you know, a lot of people doing music, you know, you're not getting the big big sync fees that we used to get, but they're still substantial and they still can, you know, give you the promotion you need to take it to the next level, you know? So I would suggest, um, you know, I, I always tell my guys, you know, look, when you are a new artist, you need to do like a, what I call like a valuation of of your artist of your brand you know so what what i mean by that is like okay what type of car would this artist drive what type of drink would they have you know what type of things and see what uh companies align with that and think for them and see if you can you know do some songs that are in alignment with what they got going on and then pitch you know pitch them you know because they they will pay and at the very least you can get exposure you know they because they want to you know move their brand to the forefront and they want to have that cool factor music is a way they give them that cool factor so you you help them but you point it you you know you become like a sharpshooter you know and i know a lot of times you know creatives uh you know they don't want to mess with the art, you know, they, they feel like it may be a step down if they're doing stuff with, you know, on purpose and with that in mind. But I think it's an important part of the puzzle for uh, balancing the books and, and making money, you know. I
0: know that licensing and placements are huge and kind of have been that way for 15, 20 years. I also know that that's a constantly changing field and area so what does that process look like right now how can artists go about licensing their music
1: well uh, there's a few different ways they could do it they could the easy way is calling a company that's already doing it (laughs) you know so they can call you know license the rock or there's like you know a gazillion other companies that that do it and you know We all kind of put the music in, um, you know, in our system and we, you know, usually companies have their go to people that lean on them, you know, so we do a lot of music for like a lot of reality shows and and, um, a lot of like just weird stuff like cheaters and, you know, background music. We do a lot of the stuff for revolt TV. Uh, and so we have our, our, you know, supervisors that, you know, rely on us. So chances are we'll be able to place some stuff there. Uh, and then we also have a team that goes out and finds specific, um, uh, you know, relationships with, you know, like people looking for a commercial, you know, we'll, we'll, they'll call us and we'll see if we have anything that fits or we'll alert our writers and get something you know so all of the companies do that so you can do that and uh, it's most of the companies they all we all like uh, charge the same things you know we usually split the sync fees and royalties stuff like that it's kind of just average in this business uh, but you can directly go to these people yourself and um that's uh, a little harder, mm-hmm. takes a little bit more time, but it, it can be uh, more financially rewarding.
0: Yeah, that was my impression of it as well. Like There are a lot of websites out there, and like you said, you can reach out one by one as well. But there are a lot of sites out there that will help you put your music in front of decision makers. I don't know how well that works or if you can have a high level of success without being i think versatile with your music mm-hmm. but that
1: is available to everyone well it is you know and i would and it's funny because I, like i said i have a company that does it but if i'm a new artist i would choose the second way hmm. Be, you know i'm just being real with you we have tons of of music that comes to us uh and we pick what we think is the best Right. It may not be your thing. You know, you believe in it a million more percent than we do, you know. So I think it's worth taking the time to research and to reach out and make those relationships, because you can also it won't be just a one off. If you make the right relationship, it can kind of keep going. You know, you get with the right music supervisor and then they'll introduce you to somebody else. I mean that's how I got into it. You know, that's, what, that's why I got into it. You know, when I started, uh, there was, uh, t- several companies doing it, but I'm like, well, what's going to make my music stand out? What's going to, you know, what's going to make us stand out? And, um, so I started, you know, just developing relationships and, um, being where a lot of music people weren't and and uh you know meeting people that way and cold cold calling people sending out stuff and i started building so many relationships that uh you know we were like we need to you know upscale this thing and, and start bringing uh, a larger amount of music through you know more than just say you know me and a few of my guys doing it like we need you know, thousands of pieces, you know, to keep going through this, you know, machine that I I built piece by piece, you know, so it can be done. I've done it, you know, and I think that it's it's worth it for new acts that really, um, you know, believe in themselves to to do that, because it is worthy of the financial uh, reward now, but also the relationship reward later, because The relationships are, like, uh, you know, it's one of the most important things in this music business. You know, you need to meet people and uh, build relationships with them because everybody changes roles, you know. Everybody changes roles. So this person may be an intern today, may be something tomorrow. Mm. And it's the relationships that allow you to... um, you know, adjust and and keep on being successful. So I'll give you an example of that. Like um, maybe 1998, I moved to California uh, for a summer just to, you know, mess around. And uh, some friends I met over there, they were like actors and stuff at the same time, you know. So we're hanging out. And became really good friends. Fast forward, these guys are now producing movies, you know. And who does, who, you know, whose company does the music for their movies? Mine, you know, and it's because of relationships. It's because, you know, so yeah, it's, it's about music, it's about, but it's about building as many relationships as possible.
0: I totally agree. You know, a lot of the great opportunities that I've had over the years have certainly come through relationship and pretty much not through any other uh, qualification or experience or skill necessarily. Obviously, they see something in me in terms of skill or my capability, which is why they're asking me. But I think it has so much more to do with that relationship and then the willingness and the attitude to do it.
1: Oh, man, it's so crazy. Like, um, and I'm telling you, you have to be open for anybody because you don't know who that person knows you and you have to be open i'll give you an example of that the same summer i moved to la uh ended up meeting this guy uh named del gaboldo um who's actually still a really really good friend of mine so he was an actor and he was in the mickey mouse club so he had like a group that wanted to do some music So we hung out a few times. He was a real cool guy. So I said, yeah, I'll help you out. No problem. Hey, I got nothing to lose here. And uh, helped him out. Nothing happened with that particular act, but we built our relationship, built our relationship. So he says, hey, I have some friends in town I I think you should meet. He said, I'm going to come by your house. I said, okay. He brought NSYNC to my house in 1998. Right. These guys were on fire, right? So I I met those guys. We hung out. We become friends. They introduced me to one of their producers, a guy named Tony Gatora, who at the time, he was based in Germany. He had a label out there. Uh, So me and him became friends. I was producing acts on his label. Then he introduced me to a guy in Turkey had a label I was producing for that label. Then they introduced me to a guy in Romania. They introduced me to a guy in Russia. Um, I do so much stuff overseas now. It's not even funny still to this day Mm. over one relationship. Me (laughs) pretty much, you know, donating some time to somebody in 1998, you know, it's crazy. And, uh, You have to build the relationships. If I if I wasn't uh, in that open spirit of you know just go with the flow and you know know, be try and help and be of service to as many people as you can. If I didn't have that, I would have closed myself off from all of those things. You know, which still continue to keep my lights on to this day. Mm But so relationships, relationships, relationships,
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I've heard that from a lot of other experts I've talked to as well. So totally believe in that. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to share on
1: monetization? Well, I think that um, as an artist, what you what you do and as with your development of yourself is a a, a talent within itself. So monetize that. You know, help other artists develop themselves. (laughs) You know, um, if you are, you have to record. And I'm sure if you're like a singer, you know, you're vocal producing. If you don't know how to do it, learn it. But then you charge other people for that. You really have to break this thing down into uh miniature uh income streams to make sure that everything you do benefits you hmm. you know and don't think that um something is too small hmm. you know like i know some producers and they're like ah oh, you know i don't want to engineer i don't want <laughs> i'm a producer and i'm like yo do you, do you know that the labels will pay engineers first you know what I'm saying? The labels pay engineers first. You have to wait for, as a producer, number one they're gonna try and shortchange you, but you have to wait uh, until the song is like, uh, com- like is like has a slot on the album. The paperwork is done for you to fully get paid. All the, all this stuff. But as an engineer, they pay you within 30 days. Hmm. So until you get to that point where your royalties are keeping you, you know, good to go and all that stuff, you engineer, you make that money, too. You got to do what you got to (laughs) do.
0: Great tips. And I totally believe that, especially as somebody who's had a hand in everything, even if I wasn't great at it, engineering and Mm -hmm. producing, mastering, mixing, investing, writing songs, the whole whole shebang. So being a session player. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you gotta do it. Yep.
0: And uh, I just want you to reflect on where you've come to this point for a few more questions. The first is, uh, what would you say is the biggest challenge or obstacle you've overcome?
1: Um. Okay, the biggest challenge and obstacle is when I decided to do licensing, Hmm. Uh, because it's very different—a very different market. Uh, from what I'm used to as far as like the labels and stuff like that so my clients were no longer you know the labels and stuff like that but they were more of uh, music supervisors but also like um, uh, the brand managers uh, at the um, agencies that do commercials you know they 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 have their own way of working you know and we wanted to get you know a lot of commercials so i had to kind of start from the beginning and adjust my way of thinking and also build more and more and more relationships Mm -hmm. (laughs) so i think uh just being so comfortable and being used to uh something you know it was a challenge to break out of that and uh also, you know, it took a lot of investment as far as um, money, too. You know, we, we hired some cool people and, uh, you know, we roll rolling the dice as we do in this creative business, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was one of my uh, most challenging things that I've done in this business. But I think what has helped me uh, through it is the trick I told you guys before. You know, I just... Uh, my mind is is brainwashed. <laughs> <laughs> I just I know that I'm gonna win. I don't know how. I don't know what. It, but I know that if something is goes wrong or something's not working, all it is is more stories for my book. Yeah. You know, and I th- I think you know I, I I can attribute that to my father. My father always be like, you gotta write. You're gonna write your book, so you gotta write a journal and remember these things. So. I'll look at things like that. I'll say, well, all right, this is just some some stories for the book. On the flip side of that, what would you say has been your
0: biggest victory?
1: My biggest victory so far has been my, um, yeah, my biggest victory was my group home. Now, I'm going to explain what that is. Uh, Now, back in the 90s, um, Diddy would take the production team, he'd take us away like we'll go to like Trinidad or uh, the Bahamas and uh, work on albums. So we'll go away um, and we'll work on like you know maybe four or five different albums at the same time. And during those trips, we would uh, play basketball. We would joke on each other, and we would work. It was it was fun. It was it was a special energy where everybody was just. Going for the same thing, and I really feel like that is what made the hits from uh, you know the bad boy golden era. Hmm. So I decided that I was going to create that energy myself. So I uh, took a two-family house and converted it to a group home full of studios for songwriters and producers, and I um, picked—I mean, I picked some good people uh you know but nobody was established and um i said well look you come come move in the house you don't have to worry about nothing from the outside world you know we had a cook i had somebody to clean all we had to do was create and have fun hmm. and my f- first time i did it my my goal was for us to place 10 songs in um like four months you know i had yeah i had an um yeah, I want us to place 10 songs in four months we ended up doing that in like six weeks wow because the energy was so good and some of the writers that come, came out from that was like ryan leslie uh, keith harris who now is um a producer who um does a lot of stuff with Well i am and the black eyed peas um, christopher henderson who does, uh, he's a great songwriter. to like blame it for Jamie Foxx um, and uh, many, many others. Uh, so I think that was my biggest success because I wanted that energy, I wanted that feeling, that excitement, and I was able to uh, recreate it. Hmm. And um, you know, it, it's it's uh, it's a great thing. This energy. I mean, that's what we're selling here music and selling energy, good feelings. Yeah, that's fantastic.
0: And are there any books or other resources you would attribute to your success?
1: Yeah, I, I think, um, uh, Think and Grow Rich, you know. That's a good one. I, I was able to get my hands on that as like a early teen, so that helped me with, uh, uh, my whole brainwashing thing, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that, and, um, uh i would recommend um this book um thing it's um wait i gotta tell you this book it's it's actually uh i think it's uh how to unfuck yourself
0: <laughs> right
1: yeah that book is um it's in it's incredible it, because it, it at the end of the day it tells you that nothing really matters. Hmm. you know nothing nothing really matters so you have to um you have to go hard and you you won't you won't lose anything you just go at it and let me see if i can uh give you uh one one more book that has helped me um so it's funny it has this it's a similar title to the unfuck yourself um the art of not giving a fuck (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. I mean, it just goes back to the, the whole thing of you have to, you have to move, with no apologies. Hmm. You have to. And uh, these books help reinforce that. You know, this is your world. Make it happen. Hmm. People think too much. You'll think you'll think yourself out of some action. Yep, I've had that issue before, <laughs>
0: thinking way too much. So I get that. Well, it's been great. <laughs> So thank you for your time and generosity, Richard. Uh,
1: well, listen, thanks for having me. It's, it's been great. You know, I've checked out a few of the, uh, the episodes. So I'm, I'm a fan and uh, I'm glad we were able to get on and hopefully uh, spread some uh, information to uh, those guys out there. Absolutely. Hopefully we've inspired
0: some people. Is there anything else I should ask?
1: Um, nah, I guess, guys, if, you know. There's any way I could be of assistance to you guys or anything. Um, I mean, you could just hit me up uh, on my Instagram or something. It's uh, Rich Young Lord. Um, that's my Instagram name, at Rich Young Lord, R I C H Y O U N G L O R D. And uh, DM me and I'll, I'll respond back to you. Fantastic. Thank you so much. All right. So uh, it's been real. I'll talk with you in a little bit. Absolutely.
0: Talk to you again soon. And I'm back to wrap up the episode. I hope you enjoyed the interview. I know I got lots out of it. You might not know this, but one of the main ways I generate revenue for the Music Entrepreneur HQ is with my books and courses. So as always, I'm going to offer a gentle nudge to check out my current offer, The Essential Guide to Music Entrepreneurship. I've received a lot of great feedback on this handbook. Christopher Sutton from Musical You said, for any musician wondering what it's going to take to make a living with their music in the modern world this book is a tremendous all-in-one resource to answer that question for you interested in finding out more simply go to musicentrepreneurhq.com essential and don't forget to check out our limited time offer while you're there